Good morning, good morning, good morning, saints of God. Good morning, TRC Church. Good morning, all of you that have chosen to worship with us again today. Well, guys, Christmas has come and gone. I know, I know. It's such a build up to that day. And then after that, you know, you got to get to thinking a little bit differently. And I'm pretty sure that many of you have already felt that. Um, well, you know, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. I hope you didn't allow stress and depression and these things to come in to uh, antagonize you. But Jesus is real. Amen. Yes, he is. So I just want to say that right after Christmas, you know, you, many of you know what I'm saying because you got that switch gear mentality. It's almost like, okay, this is done. This is over. Okay, where do I go from here? I have to prepare now to get back on track, to get back to some sense of, 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 of a normal life. I have to get back to business. How many of you know what I'm saying? I know you out there right now, and that's the way I feel too. There's so much coming up in the new year, and I am so excited about God and some of the things that he's telling me uh, till I just can't wait to begin to implement some things in my life. And no, I'm not going to wait to uh, New Year's to make a resolution. We have to make a great decision. So that's where we are. And for those of you that feel that on the inside, it's time now to switch gears. Where do we go from here? Well, God is saying some things to us, preparing us for the things to come. So looking around us, we know that based off of things that happened right before Christmas, based off of some of the uh, social issues that we've had concerning COVID, concerning Omicron, all of these things, there are going to be some changes coming in our society. You might as well wait for it. <laughs> so uh Right now, I'm going to talk to you about something that you're going to really need in order to get kicked off in this upcoming year. So I guess this is the precursor. This is uh, uh, the beginning of the foundation. And these things are going to help you if you listen and with your spiritual ear. And God will say to you the things that will prepare you for what's coming, okay? So uh, today I'm going to talk to you, this morning I want to talk to you from the subject of the mark of a visionary. I don't care who you are, for you to transition out of 2021 into 2022, there are many hopes, dreams, plans, things that you have been waiting to happen in your life is going to require that you are a visionary. My question is, are you a visionary? What exactly is a visionary? In short, a visionary is one who can see in the dark. <laughs> Did you get that? It is one who can see in the dark. Uh, it's, it's, it's one who has learned the process of cultivating an idea. The dictionary describes uh, such a person as a person with original ideas about the future, what will and what it could be like. 
and the imagination and the wisdom to translate those ideas uh, into a reality. Case in point, a visionary starts by being a critical thinker. You're going to have to look at your situation from all sides. You're going to have to assess your situation from all sides. You're going to have to go in and this filtration process, you are going to have to start throwing out things that no longer work. You know, we hold on to things so long. And even though they don't work, we hold on to them because we've become familiar with them. We've become used to them. But I'm telling you right now, going into 2022, you will not be able to get by with all of that extra baggage. You are going to have to throw out the things that don't work. You're going to have to become a critical thinker. You're going to have to become a uh, someone with um, with some discipline and order and resolve in order to walk out a vision. Now, a visionary is actually the creative force behind any vision. That's what a vision. Now, you might have a, a vision of getting out of debt you might have a vision of moving to a larger home. You might have a vision of uh, completing a career, uh, uh, school, as far as that's concerned. You might have a vision of retirement. You might have a vision of the next phase of your life. Well, the visionary is that creative force behind that vision. The vision alone is not going to do anything for you if there's not someone to carry it out. And when God places a vision in you, he will give you a plan as to how to move forward. Guys, more so than ever, we are people who need a plan. Are you listening? We need a plan. We need to stop being impulsive, compulsive. We need to stop being uh, 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 just doing things and see where it ha where it turns up. We're going to have to become more intentional about our life, about the moves we make in our lives, so we don't waste so much time. Are you listening? I hope that this is going to help you. Vision simply is what it could be, what it should be, what it will be, despite what it is. Did you get that? Vision is what it could be what it should be, what it will be, despite and in spite what it is. See, you got to get to a place where you stop focusing on what you have right now. If you're trying to go somewhere, you need to begin to focus and allow your faith to take you forward, to begin to move you. You know, and along with that, it's going to come some challenges. But nevertheless, you are going to have to initiate growth. Growth uh, without movement is impossible. Growth without change is impossible. You know, people that don't like change remain stuck in their situation. You show me someone that never wants to change, and I show you someone that lives in ignorance all their lives. Are you listening to me? It's coming to a place now we're going to have to become and you're going to hear this again intentional about what we do we're going to have to sit down and we're going to have to count up the cost and add up what moves that we need to make so which brings me to this particular scripture if you would let us go to proverbs chapter 29 
and verse 18. Proverbs chapter 29 and 18. And this is what this is what the scripture says. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. You know, first I'll deal with another translation of that that says, where there is no vision, people cast off restraints. Now you see that right now in um in in this society. You see it in our lives, you see it even. Uh, missing the in-person church time that we have uh, missed. People lost the vision of what God was saying to them and they begin to cast off restraints. And right now, I'm telling you, I know this as sure as, 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 as my name is uh, that Bishop McLeod. When we return back to in-person, any church, any church, or, and or the church at large, the church at whole, a whole. We are going to go through a detox period. We really are. You can't be out of church for almost two years. And when it's time for you to go back, you can just jump right back in and pick up, unless, unless you have been diligent the whole time that you have been out of in-person uh, church. You saw what happened when kids were out of school and they had to do remote learning. One of the biggest drawbacks that you heard about that remote learning was that people, that children began to lose something. They lost their edge. People were not, and, and we have many educators in our church, and you can attest to this, is that they begin to say that children, uh, begin to lose their sharpness. People begin to, uh, the children, they no longer learn at a higher level. They begin to regress. They begin to, many of them, uh, because see, they had, they had accountability. They had teachers. They had people right there in their faces, keeping the vision alive. But then when they had to remote learn, you couldn't see them. They would log on and go back to sleep. You know, people did that in the church. Many times you have Zoom meetings and people that were not at work didn't even put their face on the screen. <laughs> they just put their name up and went on about their business doing what they were doing. Guys, I'm saying this. I know this to be uh, as sure as I'm sitting here. We are going to have to go through a detox. And it's going to be hard for some people who didn't really, really stay in the flow. But so it says where there is no vision, where people lose the vision, where people are not acquainted anymore with the vision, they cast off restraints. But the Bible says where there is no vision, people perish. See, Solomon states where there is no vision, things, where, where, there, where there is vision, that things live. They thrive, they progress, but in the absence of vision, they die. Are you listening? Where there is vision, things thrive, things uh, progress, things live. But in the absence of vision, things begin to die. They decrease. All you have to do is just look in your life at certain things that you are believing God and if they're at a stalemate, you have lost vision. You listening? See, there is something about visionaries. 
one thing about visionaries, and I want you to begin to uh, uh, analyze your own life. You either are you are, are this person or you know this person. Visionaries carry hope. You very seldom hear vision visionaries talking down. Uh, you very seldom hear a visionary uh, talking down in defeat. You know, even in the midst of a situation where there is a group of people, you can always recognize a visionary because they remain optimistic because they believe there is a way. There is a way for this thing to be fixed. There is a way for us to come out of this thing. There is a solution. So visionaries are carriers of hope. Next, visionaries are driven by a contagious passion. See, a visionary for a person who is lukewarm, a visionary will get on your nerves. They will. A visionary will get on your nerves because when you want to, you know, uh, begin to make excuse for why something can't be done and a visionary is constantly coming up with 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 with, with the, a reason why it should be, why it could be, why it will be in spite of what is, they will get on your nerves. They will begin to make you feel as though that, you know, this person is trying to take over. This person is trying to, when all they are trying to do is come to a reasonable solution in order for the vision to come to pass. So you, you know people like that. You got people like that on your job. You can't stand them if you are the person that makes the excuses. You can't. <laughs> Other visionaries are problem solvers. You ever see, I remember I was listening to Bishop Jakes one time and he was doing communion. And you know, they have a, a very large church and thousands and thousands of people. And he had one of his leaders came back to him and said, I know we are supposed to be having communion, but we can't find an ample amount of communion ornaments. Now, Bishop Jake said, he responded to this leader by saying, are you trying to tell me that there is nowhere in this world where there is uh, communion ornaments. There is none in Israel. There is none in in, 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 in in Jerusalem. There is none in Kentucky. There is none in Seattle. Are you telling me that the world is out of, of communion ornaments? He said, well, I don't know. And he said this to him. He said, well, go find them. Are you listening? See, some people get offended with a direct command. But what he was doing was trying to find a way for them not to be able to bring the vision to pass. He really didn't want to research. He didn't want to go that far. You can always find out if a person is filled with passion and they are a visionary because you can give them an assignment and they won't come back to you unless it's impossible for it to be done. Not difficult, impossible. <laughs> so. Uh, again, a visionary that is a problem solver is irritated by the problems that they see, by the problems that they encounter, and they solve them. You know, when a visionary sees a problem, you don't have to say a thing to them because it irritates them for something to be broken, for something to be wrong, for something not to be fixed. 
whether that's in your home, whether that's on your job, whether that's in, in, in your church, a visionary will not walk by something and turn their head and say, let somebody else get it. That's not a visionary. A visionary will see something and see what it could be, what it should be, what it will be, in spite of what is. And they will come up with a solution. Boy, I love people like that. I love people. See, sometimes you will make a mistake because you're trying to correct something. I can live with that all day long. <laughs> Are you listening? So this is what this is what a real visionary uh, is. Are you listening? Visionaries, while other visionaries, are flowing off a prophetic promise. God has shown them something, and they know that they know that they know that it is God, and they will flow off that God that 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 prophetic promise. God has spoken to them, and they might not even see the purpose of their pursuit. Not as of yet, but they will flow off a prophetic promise. See, here's another thing. And when you have leaders that are flow off a prophetic promise, they won't see the end of their pursuit, but they will pursue. Are you listening? See, let's take Noah. When Noah built the ark, and it took him 120 years to build the ark, it had never rained. But Noah didn't use a lack of rain as an excuse. He knew God spoke to him. He he knew the voice. That's another thing. Visionaries know the voice of God. And he just began to flow off of that promise. Are you listening? See, this is something that we have misconstrued. The Bible says that we are the salt of the earth. And one thing we get ourselves in trouble with is wanting to be a visionary and thinking that it is our job in order to convert the world. But you got to understand why salt was used in the very beginning. When you go back and look, and this was even some of you got a, a, a grandparent or a great grandparent that had one of those old smokehouse and they had that big, that when they would kill, they would kill hogs. They would have them hanging up in that smokehouse and they were salted down. Well, see, this is going to help you understand what you are supposed to be. Because what was that salt for? That salt was not to convert the pork to salt, but it was to preserve the pork from spoiling. We are here in order to be an illustration and a demonstration to the world in order to preserve the world until Jesus returns. We are here to be an example to the world, to show them so the world don't get so far out of balance until it shuts down on its, on its own. We are here to be that, that agent. We are here to be that influence. We are here to be that necessary part that will always keep enough light for the world never to turn dark. So when the Bible says you are the salt of the earth, your life 
should be a life that is being shown to other people that will preserve their hope that there is a better way. Many people don't witness. Many people don't go and, and do the Great Commission because they believe that it is their responsibility to go and convert the world. It's not your responsibility to convert the world. Mark chapter 4 verse 14 says, the sower soweth the word. So your job is to be an, a demonstration, an illustration to the world to show what Christ looks like. Now, let me move on because I didn't want to just get in here like that. But God has given us imagination in order to see in the dark. See, one thing about imagination, imagination will let you see things with the eyes of your understanding and the eyes of your spirit that you can't see in the natural. Many of us going in this new year is going to need our imagination and the word of God to see things that could be, that should be, that will be in spite of what is. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You are, you have to become insightful. You have to become discerning. You have to be able to know what God is saying to us in spite of the changing times, in spite of the changing mandates, in spite of the changing rules uh, of society. We still must maintain an eye of integrity so we can still see the vision. Many people start out with resolutions. I need to lose weight this year. I need and some, and we do. <laughs> you know, I need to get my finances in order. And we do. I need to commit more to God. And we do. However, because we don't have vision, we lose integrity of the vision. We lose stamina with the vision. And we begin to find ourselves parked on the side of the road of life and until someone comes by to show us something else. And then we follow them instead of the vision. I want to read something. I want you to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11. And I'm going to be reading this out of the English Standard Version. I, I, I'm becoming more and more fond of that version. I like it. And it says, <clears throat> he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has put eternity in man's heart. Yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. The Bible says God has put eternity in man's heart. Now, that's so, so important because you got to understand this is that Man is created an eternal being. Did you get that? That is God's original plan. God made man an eternal being. And although he was placed in time for a time to fulfill a purpose, we are not designed for time. Let me say that again. Although we are placed in time, for a time to fulfill a purpose, 
we are not designed for time. Now, <clears throat> to show you that this is true, the Bible says in Jeremiah, God knew us before we was formed in our mother's womb. So that means that obviously we were here before time. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, if you're saved, which means that we are still alive or present after time. So we were not designed for time. So in the time that you are here, there is a purpose that you must fulfill. God is giving you a mandate. He is also giving you his word, which creates a vision. Vision is on a lot of levels. Vision is on uh, a national level. Vision is on a governmental level as far as in states. Vision is on a level God infuses um, a man or a woman of God with a vision to lead a group of people. You as the head of your household, God will give you vision as to how he wants you to lead your home. You follow me? So this vision is not new to us. But because we are <clears throat> not created for time and we are eternal beings, this is the very reason why nothing inside of time can ever satisfy us. You ever notice you might be excited about what you got here for Christmas. It might be your brand new toy. It might be something that you are so enthused about. But somewhere along the year, you're going to feel differently. You're not going to have that same flash. You're not going to have that same inspiration. You know, it's the same way throughout the eons of time. Everything you can remember, you got your brand new bicycle when you for Christmas and your eyes lit up and it was wonderful to you. But right now that bicycle don't mean anything to you. You know, you got a brand new house and you were so excited. And but now after two or three payments, <laughs> your excitement has began to wane. You got a brand new car. Didn't have to be brand new, super brand new, but it wasn't new to you. And you would get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and you would go and look out the window at your car in the driveway or in the garage. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, he meddling now. <laughs> but you know it's real. But none of this stuff seems to satisfy you for long. Why? Because it is temporal. And anything, a temporary things cannot satisfy an eternal creature. The only thing that could, why? Because God, has placed eternity in your heart. And the only thing that can satisfy you, that's why people, their testimony about when they got saved, when they get to talking about it, sometimes they're in church and they get to thinking about, oh, the goodness of the Lord and, and all he has done for me. And people begin to raise their hands up and people begin to worship God and begin to weep because that same moment comes back to them and it's fulfilling like it was in the very beginning. And that thing is exciting like it was in the very beginning. And, you know, conversely, so people that do drugs, when they got their first high, they spend the rest of their life, as long as they stay on drugs, trying to chase that first high and they can never find it. And that's what creates an addiction. Are you listening? You need to be addicted to the Lord. Eternal things is the only thing that can satisfy us. 
That's why the Bible says only what you do for Christ will last. But if you try to be satisfied with temporary things, it cannot satisfy an eternal being. That lets some of you know right now why you are going from one thing to another, trying to be satisfied. One fix to another, trying to be satisfied. One person to another, trying to be satisfied. You cannot be satisfied if you are an eternal being with a temporary fix. You know, the Bible says this in Proverbs 27 and 20. It says that hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. Did you get that? The eyes of man are never satisfied. That's why, and and, and man is talking about mankind, but I'm going to use man. That's why I don't care who you marry, how good they look, you're going to always see someone in the future that you think is fine. Why? Because your lust is never satisfied. Your eyes is never satisfied. You know, uh, that is one reason why a lot of people don't want to get married because they think, uh, you know, as long as I can be out here and play the field, I'm going to find this. I'm going to find that. Listen, I, you're never, your eyes are never going to be satisfied. But when a man find a wife, he find it a good thing. That is an eternal thing that God has given you. That's what makes a person satisfied when God gives you the mate. That's for women too. See, otherwise you choose them off of something that's temporary. Oh God, let me, let me say this. I had to check the clock because I don't want to go over. But see, this is the thing. When you get someone based off of uh, what they look like. When you get someone based off of how fine you think they are. When you marry someone based off of, you know, uh, uh, um, oh, Jesus. When you, when you marry someone and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's based off of, if you can tell me the reasons, that's what I wanted to say. If you marry someone and you can tell me all the reasons why you married that person or all the reasons why you are with a person, when you can tell me that, I can tell you right now that it's not going to last. Why? Why is it not going to last? Because when you have a reason, reasons have conditions. When conditions are not fulfilled and they are not met, then the marriage is over. Did you get that? When you got a reason, this is the reason why I married so-and-so because they are so fine. They are so kind. They are so nice to me. They have been the best. I, cause I love them. You know, you got all of these reasons, but when each reason has a condition, they do this and this is why I love them cause they're kind. They do that. This is why I love them. And they look like this. This is why I love them because they're fine. But when those conditions are not met, age is going to catch up with you and so is gravity. And those conditions are not going to be met. And you will become dissatisfied. So if you ask me right now, why, why am I married to my wife? Why do I love my wife? My answer is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Why? 
because then there is no conditions. Moving right along. Some of you got that. Some of you it'll be next Christmas before you get it. Some of you that are out here looking for somebody, I hope you got it quickly. <laughs> are you listening? See, that's why we tend to think that there's always something missing in our lives because we are looking for temporary things to satisfy us as eternal beings. Now, let me move right along. When God gives, uh, when God gives vision, he raises up a visionary. Now, some of you listen carefully because you might miss this. This is relative to your church. I, I, let me move on because some of you might even think, man, that sounds weird. When God gives a vision, he raises up a visionary to influence the way that people within that vision think. When God gives a vision, he raises up a visionary to influence the way that people within that vision think. Now, I know there's somebody out here that who is sarcastic that says, hmm, that sounds like a cult to me. Well, if it is a cult, your job is a cult. That's why when you got there, they begin to tell you what the rules and regulations were and what they will and will not accept. And the minute you don't stay in there and think like them and follow that vision, they separate you from payroll. See, we, when it comes down to spiritual things, we always are sarcastic and we always nitpick, but you don't understand that vision is all, people have different visions. When a man starts a company, when Steve Jobs started Apple, there were certain things he said are not going to be compatible with my product. And when people were joined to his company, he did not allow them to come in and say, let's make this compatible with Android. No, if you wanted it to be compatible with Android, you had to go work for Android because he said, we're not having it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So when God raises up a vision, I'll use myself. When God told me I'm calling you to the pastorate, I'm giving you a vision and I'm giving you the name of your church, Total Restoration. He said, I'm not giving you a name. I'm giving you a character. So the people that he began to join to the church, he joined people in order for their marriages to be restored. The things the enemy stole from them to be restored, their joy to be restored, their health to be restored. Because the Bible says, listen, he gave us the spirit of Elisha. He said, and when Elisha have come, he shall restore all things. If you don't really want to be in the restoration process of your life and the life of others, you're not going to do well at our church. Why? Because that is the vision of our church. Every church doesn't have the same vision. Are you listening? But collectively, we have a part of the whole vision. So people don't understand vision like that. So there are some people that may be in the church right now. That's not a part of the vision, but you're in the church. I guarantee you are not happy. Why? Because you're not operating in the vision. That's it. It's not the person. It's not the pastor. It's not the words that's being preached. It's the fact that you are no longer operating in 
the vision. So you're not, you're no longer satisfied. So you you went out to seek temporal things. And as much as you like your job and as much as you like your marriage, people left the church for marriage. I want to marry this person and, you know, and I want to, I want to work here. I want to do this and that. Well, when they fire you or when your marriage dissolves, it no longer satisfies you. Now, let me move on. Let me move on. So that is a home, a church, a business, a family. That's why people have problems with their children. Because this, as, as the scripture says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. When you are the head of your household and you say we are going to serve the Lord, the first day you come in and you smell some weed, somebody's got to go. Are you listening? First time you come in and you see somebody running out of your house when, you know, you was at work and they were supposed to be at school and you see somebody running out the back door trying to get their clothes on, somebody's got to go. Why? Because the vision of this household is no longer being honored. When kids grow up and they get to the place where they have their own vision, when another vision is created inside of a church, a business, a, 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 a home, a family, what you have now is division. And so because there cannot be two rulers of the house, you old enough now, you smell your arms, then it's time to go. You no longer honor the vision of this home and then you go and create your own home and you create your own vision and then you understand why you had to go because now you're telling your kids you gotta go <laughs> funny boy how life come back and get you don't it so what do we do and i'm gonna close it so when in, in order to for you to become a visionary for this new year Become a visionary for the things that are, are going to enhance and to change your life and put you on another level and cause you to be able to live on another level. What are you going to have to do? I'm glad you asked that question. Let us go now to um, Habakkuk chapter 2. <laughs> Habakkuk chapter 2. And let's begin reading. It says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Now, the Bible says, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may, that, 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 listen to this, that he may run that readeth it, not readeth it and run. This is what many people do. They read it and run. They don't run and read. When you run and read, you constantly keep it before you so you know where to run. Most people read it and then start running and ran out. <laughs> you know, you, you start running on your own impulse. Are you listening? So I'm going to give you a few tips here and I'm closing. Writing the vision allows you 
to align yourself and your energy to eliminate any wasted time or resources that's not associated resources that's not associated with your vision see when you got stuff written down as this new year approaches if in fact you heard god you believe you heard god you know you heard god then write down what he tells you because surely somewhere along the line you are going to deviate from what god told you and this is why you write it so you can go back and realign yourself See, some of you, if you hit enough potholes, you have to go back and get your car aligned once again. Otherwise, you're going to worry yourself, your tires out. <laughs> are you listening? That's why many people are wore out now. That's why many people are, are just jacked up now. It's because they are wearing themselves out. It helps you to keep your energy and to eliminate wasted time and resources. Uh, also. It gives you clearly a defined destination. When you know where you're going, it gives you more focus in order to go forward and, 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 and achieve what it is that you're trying to achieve. It also allows you to have clarity of when to say yes and no to things or people. See, when you have a vision, people are going to try you. People are going to come to you. People are going to say things and ask you, could you get off your vision for a minute and help me over here do this and that? It's nothing wrong with helping people. But the thing about it is, is when it's at the expense of the vision or what God has given you or what God has shown you, it becomes a problem. And many people are so good Samaritan oriented that they never create or never achieve any vision that God has given them. They're so busy trying to help people just stay afloat. Are you listening? You got to be focused. If you're in school, you got to be focused. If you are trying to achieve a promotion on your job and you want God to bless you, you got to be focused. You know, the Bible says that Daniel was industrious. You got to be diligent. Now, so you need to know, and this year you're going to learn when to say yes and no. You can't always have these counterfeit convictions saying yes to everything when you know it's at the expense of your vision. And becoming a good visionary, listen to this, you must avoid thinking about limitations. If the vision isn't bigger than you, there is no room in it for God. You have to avoid thinking about limitations listen to me when god gives you something you don't start out thinking about why it can't be you think about what could be what should be what will be in spite of what is so when god gives you a vision it's going to always be bigger than you when god join you to a, a vision it's going to always be bigger than you. If it's no bigger than you and you can do it without God, you don't need God. You don't need that vision. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So in this coming year, I encourage you. Yes, Christmas is in the rearview mirror. New Year's of Jesus Tarry is before us. And believe you me, there is going to be some changes in our society. 
all of these people have gotten together over the holidays. You know, ain't no telling how this thing is going to affect us or affect what we do. I'm just telling you, God is giving us some vision about what we need to do in order to protect ourselves and not just from COVID, but from this economy and, and the hits it may take. So I'm telling you now, get ready to roll up your sleeves. Get ready to live on another level. And in order to do so, you're going to have to become a visionary because where there is no vision, people perish, things will die. I'm glad that you were here. I'm glad that you heard this word today. Uh, I'm so excited about telling you about some of the things God is telling me for the coming year. And I believe it'll sit well in your spirit and in light of all the things that are happening. And so I want you to just stay tuned be uh be here especially if you are part of this church why because you can't go out and have your own vision being a part of this church and think your vision is going to live why because what you make happen for god's house he will make happen for yours so whatever you do whenever you do it and however you you do it make sure that you have a vision from god then you know you can keep it real